0: Hi, everyone. Um, so here again, um, we have Jen Looper from uh, Microsoft, who is a uh, developer advocacy lead at Microsoft. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to love this one. Um, so I met Jen over Twitter. I think we started talking last year. And she runs this amazing project called View Vic Scenes. And but that was like a former name, and us right now they call it Frontend Foxes, which is just um, like a community of just ladies and like it's super amazing. And they are in, for example, they are in London, they are in Nigeria, Lagos, and like other parts of the world, also is super amazing. So thanks, Jeff for hopping on board. I'm very excited.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much. It's a, always a pleasure to have a chat with you.
0: Amazing. So, um, can you tell us like a little bit about, about yourself?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Jen, and I'm a developer advocate lead here at Microsoft. Um, I've been a developer for about 20 years, and about six of those has been in developer advocacy. So it's been a long, long time. This will make you laugh, because I started develop, well, I started out as a career switcher, actually. So um, I started out as a French teacher, and my training is actually to teach French. And uh, I went all the way through the Ph.D. and finished all that great stuff and thinking I would, you know, become a professor. The problem is, is that my specialty was French medieval literature. And I can tell you that there's not much of a job market for that, especially in the U.S. So that was at like around 2000. And it was kind of the end of the dot-com boom. And I switched careers. And just kind of climbed my way back up through um, through coding and, and coding basically saved my <laughs> saved my sanity, saved my career. So um, yeah, so just working my way through small companies, big companies, uh, I worked in insur- life insurance, which is very exciting, very, uh, uh, very tiny startup uh, nonprofit. I worked in a, a nonprofit called Jewish Family and Life. Uh, it was a really interesting experience um, working in a nonprofit, you know, aligning your your code with the mission. Um, and then I decided to try something a little bit different and got into developer advocacy kind of because I was already writing a blog about software that I really liked called Corona SDK. I don't know if you've seen this, it's for game development. Okay. Corona, Corona SDK, yeah. it's a It was a really cute and cool way to develop 2D mobile apps and I did a lot of little games and uh, Uh, line of business apps of that and started writing a blog about it and that became basically my introduction into developer advocacy. Um, So it's funny because just on my birthday this year, Corona SDK formally went open source and it's like, oh, it's kind of like full circle. They've released it to the community.
0: Amazing. So Corona Labs,
1: yeah, it was Corona Labs. I think they're changing the name. They're completely rebranding it. But it's a cute little way to use Lua language if you've ever tried Lua, or if you want to learn it, it's a good way to 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 learn Lua and to uh, hop into mobile development.
0: Which is fun. Yeah. When I started game development a couple of years back with C sharp on Unity, um, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, sorry then. Um, this is amazing. Yeah,
1: really good. Yeah. And Unity is really uh, a super platform. Honestly, Unity kind of crushed Corona <laughs> a little bit when they started doing 2D. So I was like, "Oh well, <laughs> there's so much for that."
0: Yeah. Back back in those days, so I did um, I did 2D, I did 3D, I did 4D using Cinema 4D, Blender. I did all of those things. Wow, that's really intense. Blender is like yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't touched, like, those two, especially Cinema 4D, in, like, years. So I opened up Blender one time last year. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I went to the bank. <laughs> just so upside down. So I think so. Oh, no. The great thing about um, framework, like React, getting constant updates, is that we get this kind of fresh memory, and we just have to, like, just go back and just keep learning new things, and it keeps just everything real fresh in us. So like that yeah a, that's for sure let's say java java doesn't get regular update like that let's say like say five years you can just get like one update or something like that you wouldn't want to like go back and like like do la or should I call it like really um do deeping like learning like something new you just want to like just work based on like what works for you at that time. Mm-hmm. Okay now let's get right into the amazing questions. So um, <laughs> Over on Twitter, a couple of months ago, um, somebody made a tweet. And this person said, um, developer advocates, I'm just going to summarize. So developer advocates are people who um, who probably, like, they felt coding was so hard that they, okay, I just want to, like, go into, like, developer advocacy so I can, like, just talk to people, speak at conferences, and, like, that's it. So when I saw that, like, if, it really felt like it, it, like it hit me in a tight spot. I'm like, wait, what? so it's so really not just me so not so i managed a small group um co-managed a small group called devro collective and to my surprise i got onto devro collective channel with the at other um, leads and i just found the link to that tweet i saw that offended me on the channel and they're like wait no this is wrong like <laughs> because yes. It was generalizing every um, like developer advocates that coding was super hard so they had to like go into developer advocacy but then I feel people the major reason why I'm doing like, this recording with um, the amazing people I brought on board is because I want people to really see developer advocacy developer relations whatever any company calls it for what it really is so based on your experience who do you think developer advocates are and what do they do
1: yeah I mean I think that the the, what we do is basically built into the word advocacy. We're here to help, and but we can't help if we don't understand the technology. So we have to basically have a deep understanding of where people are coming from and where they're trying to go and see if there's any way we can help whether that's you know with a microsoft product or with with, that, with something completely different you know we're here basically to make developers lives easier because we have a deep understanding of where they're coming from so this business of running around in conferences i know that well first of all that life is done right there's going to be no more conferences <laughs> that is finished so we have to really rethink that whole aspect but for me, running around in conferences was only a small part of what I did at conferences. I worked a lot of booths. So I used to work at a company called Progress and I, you know, your butt is parked at that booth and you are talking all day long <laughs> to, to developers and you're kind of a little bit of a therapist because people will come to you and say, I'm having the worst time ever with this thing. Can you help me with this? Can you, can you help me figure this thing out? Should I really use this? What should I be using? Are you sure? You know, so you need to be able to, um, to really talk in depth about the kind of problems that developers are facing in their day to day. And uh, it's not something that you can, I've always said that it's not a great career straight out of school. I I have a, a, a deep feeling that you need to have a Experience as a developer in the trenches to be a good developer advocate. So this is kind of a, a hill that I, I like to die on <laughs> once in a while, uh, and just talk about how you really need to have had that experience of like banging your head, you know, against a wall, doing a sprint, you know, delivering software, pushing that stuff to production, you know? <laughs> um, and working with a team to to make software work nicely. So honestly, developer advocacy is my second technical career, and I. I have a feeling, feeling that a lot of people are coming into the into the field, like you know, with that kind of experience. So that's kind of my perspective on that. But it's not like I can't code, so I become Devrel. I think that's like I think that's a little bit of anxiety and fear speaking, you know, or or something. <laughs> I, I think that's not it's not a very kind thing that people are sometimes saying.
0: Yeah. So um, another tweet that popped on my timeline recently, So um, someone was confusing PROs, as public relations officer, and developer advocates. So if from my standpoint, so PROs are people who are, their vision and their mission. So for example, let's say at Facebook or with, let's say, Microsoft in this case, at Microsoft, there's a public relations officer in charge of privacy and security. That's an official role at, a comp- at an enterprise company at that level is a role. This person who is a PRO for privacy and security for a company, the role is not to developers, the role is to the general public, every single person in the public to make them feel safe, speaking to the media, speaking to the press. Now, But then the difference between that and developer advocates is developer advocates are straight-up developers, straight-up developers community, not talking to the press. They have nothing to do with the press, but they can also speak to the press, but it's not their primary job description. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. like, they willing really to, everyone in the community really needs to understand that um, the developer advocacy, like, is in the words itself. Like, you're firstly a developer, then you're an advocate for something. So, you're a developer yeah. who moved from engineering because you love the community and you love coding, put it together, developer advocacy, and you must know how to code. Like, mm-hmm. you know how to code. Yeah. Absolutely. At least, yes. I'm sh- pretty sure you're going I'm, to, I'm not sure, Rav the like, a developer advocate who has never pushed a PR. I'm not sure I've ever seen one. Everyone- I don't think so. It it must push a PR in some way or the other, even though it's more to like the core project itself, but building sample projects that you could demo for people at conferences, workshops, things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I believe based on your experience also, you have um, also seen a lot of misconceptions. Could you tell us like about some misconceptions you've heard about um, developer advocates and help us align them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I saw a tweet the other day that really kind of made me laugh, but in a bitter, bittersweet way, which was um, that uh, developers are hands down typing on the computer, and developer advocates have a big selfie, <laughs> like a big camera taking selfie, and I'm like, oh dear, um, that was that was kind of a lot to take, but I think. I think it's just because we tend to be a little bit more public-facing that we have these criticisms. But I, there's a lot of developer advocates who don't have that very large social media presence and who are just like in the trenches and are working much more closely with product teams. I think that that's something that people don't realize, that what we're supposed to be doing actually with our OKRs at Microsoft is we're supposed to be um, you know, encouraging people to come to us to look at docs and learn. So we're supposed to be, you know, encouraging people to learn via Microsoft Learn, which is our learning platform. We're supposed to also be working with the product teams uh, very, very closely. And we actually helped um helped uh, launch our Azure Static Web Apps. We were very closely working with product teams to launch static web apps, which is so, so cool. I'm working on one right now. <laughs> and that was a brilliant example of how um, advocacy can work hand in hand with product teams. And, and deliver software, and I really love that because it, it makes sure that you stay sharp and you stay tight with those product teams because they're the ones in the trenches doing the doing the actual shipping. Um, and the business of running around and taking selfies at conferences, to be perfectly honest, I think is dead. I think if that's how you built your career, I, I strongly encourage you to, <laughs> to get away from that because that is toast, we are not doing that anymore. Uh, I mean, thank God I don't probably have to work so many booths anymore because that's not my favorite thing in the world to do. But um, I think that the whole conference landscape is shifting dramatically. If anything is moving online, and that's kind of a different feel, it's gonna be much more difficult to build community, which is another thing we used to do. So we have to figure this out, and I think we're all kind of learning as we go. So we're in this moment where developer advocacy is gonna have to shift dramatically. To, to
0: work better online and not so much face-to-face in person. So maybe that's and a couple of th- things to add to that. that, um, that we're not, so as that we're not really finding it so hard to like make the suit because um, like, uh, it's actually quite easy, like it's really easy these days. And you know, we are also having more conferences these days, like a whole bunch of them. So, and that's also exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, there are some really great online conferences. There was a conference we uh, actually one of our Microsoft engineers just put up on Juneteenth uh, which was last what was it the ninth? Yeah, that
0: was nineteen. Um, was amazing.
1: Thousands of people are hopping online, right? And that was a really fast effort.
0: So when I was doing the talk, I couldn't see the number of people watching. So I had to, like go back and I saw like wait 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 what ten thousand uh, ten thousand.
1: I was what?
0: Yeah, a screenshot. I'm like, I'm not gonna post online, but like, I just want to keep myself that way. So I, I spoke at a conference where like 10,000 of them like, wait, I like, like I wasn't scared, nothing.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So we did uh, Microsoft Build. Actually, we brought it all online, uh, and that's normally a big, big conference. But with it being online, um, I was teaching a session for students. And it was like for ages 15 through 21 but we had a bunch of like college kids on there but there were 800 people and we were doing a 20-minute talk on how to do html css and javascript and and that was wonderful because like the community connections that you can make just from doing this sort of like hands-on activity with a bunch of people online it was so fabulous i loved it
0: amazing so um one major thing again about developer advocates are um so well, we always struggle with, one, one major thing that I struggle to, and I also want to hear what you have to say about that is the work-life balance. So um, yeah. before coronavirus happened and the pandemic and all of this that's currently happening in the world system, um, we have trips. We have to fly to one conference. Then from that conference, we're like, okay, I have another one in Ohio. From there, I'm like going to Nairobi. Like, let's say like each of the flights is like, let's say 18 to 21 hours that's a lot and for someone who's let's say has a family has like other things back home that like he needs to take care of how exactly do i create that like that work-life balance like how
1: great question um so i didn't get into advocacy basically until i was an empty nester so my kids are grown and they're in college and they're they're out well out of the house except stop my daughter's right there she came back home because colleges are closed but that's, that's awesome but with little kids, I think it would be very, very difficult. Um, I, I don't think it would be a career I would have chosen for myself with all this travel when my kids were that little. I, although I, I, I see some people make it work and I admire them tremendously. It's like, mm-hmm. for me, I don't think I could have done it. For me, I always wanted to have less time and work from home and be able to pick the kids up from school and that sort of thing so- as best I could. It was always a struggle no matter what.
0: Yeah, I get that. Right. Conference actually made it quite easy because I'm I'm pretty sure I saw a conference that said um, so if you're a mother and you just had a child or like not like just had a child, well you've had like let's say a year or like two years after, and you want to speak at a conference, you can bring your child along and they will cover it. So yeah, absolutely. that was
1: nice. Yeah,
0: there's like a childcare there also.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a great conference called that conference, and they had a whole kids track. I taught a whole bunch of kids uh, circuit stickers. We we made little cards it was it was crazy (laughs) um it takes place at a water park so it's it's quite the conference it's amazing but um and there's mg Conf was always really good about having a almost like a little summer camp for kids um for me it's still you gotta hop on the plane you know with the little kids so it's like yeah but uh but nowadays without all this travel again the landscape is shifting so um for me the work-life balance however has gotten a lot worse and we just took a poll internally, and people are saying that, like, we're working all the time, 24/7, mm. because it's like meeting, 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 meeting. I, I that's probably the same for you.
0: I think that's one major thing I want to say. So <laughs> 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 looking like we have more meetings than actually, actually work. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, I had a meeting yesterday with a lady who works at, out of my office normally yesterday. And it's like, well, normally we would have just had a little lunch chat, but now we have to schedule a meeting, get on Zoom, blah, you know. So, so,
0: yes, day, so like, yeah. actually, when are you available? You can just okay, I'm available on Tuesday by this time. Um, but these days, like, wait, wait, let me open up my calendar. Wait, let me check. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know. I got to pencil you in, you know, <laughs> or you got to clear your calendar, like, like shoveling. You know?
0: like really and it's like so exhausting but at the same time i honestly miss traveling so there's like this really fun picture funny picture uh don't know is there where i can show you okay probably i want everyone to see this it's really funny it's about they i want i just want to show you (laughs) you will love it one minute i'm going through my ipad okay uh so ouch oh i can see that yeah it's
1: super cute this is how ready
0: i am i'm gonna send it later (laughs) So, one I, of my- Already, not yeah, like the staircase that takes you to the plane? Yeah. So like we're standing- There's no plane. Even though the plane's not <laughs> there.
1: <Like>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One of my colleagues um, took a picture of, you know, in the little children's playgrounds, they have those tiny airplanes that the little kids can ride on. Like the little ridey toys. So he was like, this is my plane. This is like where I'm getting off the
0: plane. <laughs> I'm so ready. Like, like for real. <laughs>
1: I do love to travel. I had amazing, amazing trips. Um, greatest trip of my life was to Japan. Uh, and it was wild because um, we, I got there and then a typhoon hit. So it was like really crazy wind and I was in my hotel and it was like shaking. With it, we thought we'd have to evacuate. The conference was canceled, but I did three other events because we spun different things up so the trip wasn't a complete wash. But it was a brilliant, brilliant experience. Fabulous.
0: I don't know if I'm going to call it a typhoon a brilliant experience. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, okay, probably because I'm coming from a country that has like little or no natural disaster because we don't really have so much of any natural disaster here in Nigeria, except the time an asteroid hits like a state. Yeah, there was like this really, so it was really crazy. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. Yeah. Things that happen every day. That's wild.
0: Really, like deep on the ground, and there was one time. Um, I was at F8, you know, the Facebook F8 conference, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and there was literally an earthquake that day that should be 2018, 2018, 2018. There was an earthquake, there was an earthquake in San Jose that, that um, day. It was crazy, the trees were shaking, like okay, I yeah,
1: it's
0: really you know. strange. Yeah, you're like <laughs> typhoon, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, now, to the next question, which is, um, so there are a whole bunch of people reaching out to me over Twitter saying, um, I briefly understand what you do. Um, I believe I understand. I love it. I love conferences. I love speaking at conferences. I love giving workshops. I love technicalities. I love the community. But um, I try applying for CFPs. I just don't get in. I like try applying for DevRel roles, developer advocacy, developer experience engineer. I try applying for these things, but I don't get in. Conferences, I don't get in how exactly like do I get started as a developer advocate that's like the question
1: yeah yeah um, what I did is build up my blog like I think like c- concentrate on the things you have control over because God knows what people are looking for with the conference CFPs. like I don't know So uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 shaky in, in the best of days and now just forget about that stuff <laughs> work I would say work on your blog work on um, on building your, your reputation as a teacher because that's basically what we are. So, you know, just working with the community. Um, also, I think doing meetups is a great way to break in. Uh, all, every meetup organizer I know is desperate for speakers. So if you could get into a meetup, do a talk online, interact with the community and get it recorded and push that to your blog, you can have that full circle of content creation. So that's kind of what I would do. Um, and reach out. Like perhaps you're a, a Angular, you know, developer, reach out to your local Angular Meetup organizer over meetup.com and and see if they need speakers or if you could lead a workshop or do something cool. Uh, and also find out where everybody. And it's all the communities kind of together. So um, so a bunch JavaScript slack gets everybody together. So there's the Angular channel, the React channel, the channel, and the Vue channel, and, felt, and everybody all together. And we kind of organize events together. So uh, that's a really great way, I think, to break in. That's how I would do it.
0: Great, amazing. So um, no. So the last question. I think this question always deserves like a drum roll or something, but we don't have drums. <laughs> so is somebody? I just heard somebody beating a drum just now. For real, like (laughs) listen to what I'm saying somewhere. Microsoft is DevRel team hiring DevRel's.
1: So I took I was ready for this question, and I took a look on careers.microsoft.com, and we have one opening for a PM. Uh, It's listed as being located in Redmond, but I believe. It could be anywhere because I think the hiring managers in San Francisco. So that's the great thing about nowadays. Everybody can be pretty remote, which is nice. Um, I know we just onboarded a bunch of new advocates for um, M365 and Teams. So we have been hiring. I feel like that cycle is drawing to a close, but I believe that. We might be in a bit of a lull, but I think it'll pick up in a couple months. So just keep your eye on careers.microsoft.com and reach out to me if you, you know, have any questions or any if I can help with the information. Uh, at Microsoft DevRel is really interesting because it's a really big department, and we're broken up into a lot of different specialties. There's folks who concentrate on products like M365 or Teams. Uh, I'm on the academic team, so. Uh, I'm on one of the audience teams. We have an academic team and startups and pro dev and modern ops and like a lot of different audience teams. And then we have technical teams. So I cross over and hang out with the JavaScript team as well. So that's my connection to the product team. So we have a lot of crossover. There's a lot of places where really good te- technical people could find themselves. So it's a very diverse department, a lot of different um, well-known people. And I think it's a fantastic place to work. I'm, I'm honored to be part of this, Super, super team. And just keep an eye on careers and uh if you need any help or have any questions, just reach out to me.
0: Amazing. And you can also reach out to Jen on Twitter. Her handle is I think Jen Looper, just Jen Looper straightforward. It's going to be on the poster that will be shared over Twitter and YouTube, Facebook, however you see it, just reach out if you want yeah. anything. So uh do you have any last questions for the people listening yes?
1: Oh, I just hope everybody is safe and happy and healthy in this time. You know, honestly, it's a, it's a really weird time. And the one advice I would give is to not make any quick decisions. I think people are people get really anxious and upset and and start making strange decisions that will like impact you and your community down the road. Just like as they say, count to ten and think twice. This is not the time to be making snap decisions. So everybody just. Chill out. Let's hang out on Twitter. Everyone, be kind. Be nice to each other. Be kind to
0: yourself. Amazing. So when you started saying like that point, like something really just popped into my head just now. So and I, I just have to. So um, I've run into issues with people, with companies who um, are into developer advocacy. So they are creating a devrel department. Then I get to read the job description, and it looks nothing like a devrel. Like nothing like. Oh. a there is so The goal for that basically, when you look at it, it's like an engineering role. It is actually an engineering role. You, did, you do little or no conferences. Like there's not even conference or writing even stated there. It's all engineering and like tech stacks you must have. And it's just a different role. So um, I feel companies really need to understand how this role works, um, who developer advocates are, and um, how um, they can set up these departments. But what do you think um, can ease up this confusion with companies?
1: Wow, that's interesting. I hadn't really noticed that recently. Um, I I had a feeling that they're doing that because developer advocacy is kind of a fashionable thing it's to sweet. do and it, and it sounds more kind of amusing or, or fun than just like software engineer. Like, no, I'm a developer advocate. So I think it's a question of vocabulary. <laughs> uh, read the job description carefully and uh, and be aware that there may be salary implications for someone who's hiring as DevRel versus software engineer. And I'm just a little concerned that they're using a different title for, a, for the wrong description and tweaking the salary. I don't know. This is a little gut check feeling of like, check yeah. that salary before you bother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I even think about that. What I was. I being- wonder. Um, I read, so there are a whole bunch of people out there who are developer advocates. You are one. There are a whole bunch of other people out there. I am one. I got into developer advocacy just three years ago, and it's been so exciting. I have, I've done like conferences, talks, and like it's super exciting. I love it here. I so much love it. I've had three developer advocacy jobs currently at Slick as a senior developer advocate, and it's amazing here. So um. Okay. There are people with all these kind of skills and experience. So these companies, before putting together a department, they should always consult with someone already, a developer advocate, so as to get the ideal um, idea of the role, rather than just like pulling yeah. the co-founders together, let's put something together, develop advocates, put it out there, hire people. So I just really yeah. consult someone who is already in the role.
1: And I think uh, you could always refer hiring managers to the book by Mary Sengbal called uh, The Business the business proposition of developer advocacy, or something like that—a business case for developer advocacy. Mary Stengval, T-H-E-N-G-V-A-L-L. She's actually on the uh, Evangelist Collective Slack. Mary, yes. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, she wrote the book on DevRel, so just tell people to read that.
0: Did even know? I see didn't even tell me.
1: <laughs> it's a really good one. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna find it. I didn't know Mary wrote a book. I yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Check that out. Thanks so much for saying
1: yeah good one
0: <laughs> um, yeah. thanks so much for hopping on this um call and saying all the things things you experience and having this talk so so exciting
1: thank you so much and stay strong <laughs> it's all good
0: good sir so, um, bye
1: bye thank you
0: Bye.